I'm Sandy Swallow. I'm Okalala Lakota and Northern Cheyenne. I've been an artist for over 30 years and through my artwork have portrayed my heritage. Now I'm starting a brand new venture called Lakota Link and I'm here to share with you and I hope you enjoy it. Lakota Link. Greetings from the home of the Seven Council Fires land of the 1868 Fort Laramie treaties, bringing stories old and new of Lakota values, courage, respect, wisdom, to name a few. Well, hello, Petra. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Good, good. And I would like my uh, listeners to know that this is Petra Wilson. Although I don't know her personally, I do know her mom and her dad. Uh, Her dad is Mario Gonzalez, who is a very famous lawyer, by the way. And I remember her mom. Her mom was such a sweet, sweet person, Dorothy. And I I knew her, and I, I would say I felt that she was a friend of mine. And so, Petra, um, you are Okalala Lakota enrolled. Is that correct? Yeah. And yeah. I'm so, all, where did you too. where right. did you grow up? Um, I grew up in uh, Batesland, South Dakota. You know, right there near the um, Bennett County line. I went to school there. Uh, my parents raised us there in a small town. I went partial most most of my grade school years were there. And uh, my family all lived around there, my aunts, my grandma. So it was a, a nice upbringing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I see that you yourself has got quite a big family right now, huh? How oh, did yeah. you, How did you uh, meet your husband? I met my husband actually through um, OLC. We, well, I originally met him up at um, Spearfish when we were both at a um, the university up there, and then apparently we str- we transitioned to the um, Ola Lakota College when it was starting in Rapid City at the Methodist Church. Um, we kind of over time hit it off, and then eventually, mm, 87, 88, um, I got, you know, we kind of started in a direction of probably looking at more of a a long-term relationship, and then I uh, had my son, right? We kind of got married, had my had my son. He ended up in the Marine Corps, and and then the story carried on from there. Oh, okay. So uh, I did yeah. see you at that pen, uh, Camp Pendleton for for how long was you there? Uh, he was he was in the Marine Corps for five years, and so we had three of our sons. California, we were there for majority of time uh desert storm started up so there were no deployments happening so uh, he finished off there as well and we lived uh we lived originally in oceanside and then we moved over to um a smaller town called Mirita, california and uh we lived there for about three years um he worked in when he got out he worked in uh, la for a while and eventually the california economy started to crash and my brother happened to be at uh, las vegas and we decided we'd take a look, and we ended up uh, following him there a little oh. bit. And 
uh, ended up staying there and raising raising our family there. I have a, I actually have nine children. Oh, okay. I have six boys and three girls. Wow. Well, that shows me that you're a hard worker and very busy person and more than likely one to accomplish a lot. I know um, my grandson, uh, my oldest grandson, Levi, it, was a Marine. And so we got to go over to Camp Pendleton when he graduated. And that was quite an experience. And I really admire those Marines because yeah. not everybody can do that. So it's an experience. <laughs> <laughs> yes, in many ways. <laughs> so uh, can you tell me, I, I know through your bio that You've become very involved in education, and I imagine that's dear to your heart because having that many children, you know, uh, can you tell me a little background on on the education part? Yeah. um, Well, you know, my mom was the director for uh, one of the um, college centers down in the Wapkamni District for many years. Um, So, you know, we kind of grew up around Seeing, seeing all of that happening along with, uh, you know, what we saw with my dad. So, um, you know, we had always talked about education. And I remember, um, you know, when she passed, how many people told me how grateful they were to her and how um, if it hadn't been for her, they wouldn't have uh, attained what they did. And so as I started to have my own family and we were raising them away from the reservation area you know, I began to n- notice with my older kids, like they didn't really relate. And so I started to try to decide how am I going to keep them connected to a community? Uh, Las Vegas is very diverse. so It's very hard to find community. But I heard about the Indian Center. My dad told me about the Indian Center. So I went there, met a few people, still not a big connection. So I joined the PTA and the PTA sent me to what they called the multicultural department. And when I got there, I came across a, a native lady, and she uh, told me about a group that they had for uh, parents to be involved in education. So uh, I reluctantly agreed to go because I had a lot of little ones still, and I thought I do not want really anything that's going to pull me away time-wise. But when I got there, I realized there was uh, some adversities that they were facing um, how invisible uh, Native people were in the school district and that they uh, perhaps weren't using that money quite the way they needed to, and which is why we didn't see our children uh, really present. Like my very first activity, I went and there was two families, and that was it out of the entire school district, which is the fifth largest. So I decided to kind of stick with it. There's maybe a few of us, four of us. And uh, I would call and I'd ask everybody, how do you do this? You know, I just started questioning, questioning. And uh, eventually Title VI, I began to understand Title VI as a Department of Indian Education, um, Indian Formula Grant. And I began to question how they were spending that money. And then I realized they had a second grant called the Johnson O'Malley Grant and that uh, it, they had separate regulations. So I started to study both regulations. And in doing that, I just began to question more and more, pushing the pushing the school district. And um, eventually, there was only two parents left. Uh, all the parents dropped out. It was a lot of work, and I just kept sticking it out because I had a you know I had my kids, and my thought was this is where I'm going to create community for my kids. 
And so I just kept pushing at it and pushing at it. And eventually serving chair for, you know, several years um, and having some really strong women involved and some uh, strong fathers that eventually came involved, we began to see some uh, ears perk up and realize, hey, they're serious. And so we've we've now created what I would consider um, a pretty decent uh you know, Indian education department um, and assisting with the staff that's present. And we get heard now. We have participation in budget, uh, programming, curriculum, cultural activities. Um, I uh, brought up the idea that we needed space, so we eventually ended up getting a building. And now we'll finally get um, a project coordinator, a project two coordinator that's going to have oversight over the pro- um the programs and the Indian education itself dedicated to that. And we got Indian preference involved. So, I mean, we did, we pushed a lot. It took a a good longer than a decade, but, um, and now that I no longer have kids in the system, but I do have a grandchild. So, you know, it was, it's important to keep it in place and that we get probably participation about 40 to 50 kids, uh, where, where, when I started, we were lucky if we had two. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, so. I I see that um, you did even receive an award, which I imagine was somewhat tied to this in the fact that yeah. you were an advocate. Can you tell the people about your award? So part of uh, part of what Indian education committees lack is uh, what I would call um, training. And so one of the things that we pushed for was uh, to start attending the National Indian Education Association uh, conferencing. And uh, we learned a lot there. We also started attending the Johnson O'Malley Conference. And um, in doing that, uh, they have an award for different uh, nominees every year. And one of those was parents. And so uh, some of the people that I worked with um, that had seen a lot of what I have been doing over the years and they uh, chose to nominate me in 2016, and I received it. And so that was a great honor. I was it really w- appreciative. It was. It, I mean, that's something, well, it it wasn't just given to anybody. They, they obviously did appreciate all you had done. So can you kind of um, jump forward a little bit and... I I know you've got another project going right now, and I'd like like you to explain that. Yeah, so my interest in the um, in the education and equity, um, because when it comes to Native students, there's often a viewpoint of uh, equity. Uh, there's a big difference between equality and equity in my eyes, and so. Um, I came across this article that talked about 2.5 gigahertz tribal priority window, and I read about it. And um, one of the one of the things that caught my eye in there was what they called homework inequity. And I began to so I began to read um, a little more, and I saw that there was two entities. One was um, I can't remember the other one, but one was muralnet.org. So I checked it out and I forwarded information, and eventually I just called on my own because I. I didn't want the tribe to miss out on uh, an opportunity. And, uh, you know, it's my homelands. I grew up there. And, uh, you know, I realize we still go up go up a hill and have to talk on the phone and then go back down. 
you know. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, it's kind a, of funny. a lot like, of people okay, don't um. understand that, but I, <laughs> but I do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 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 still interesting. Yeah, like, you know, um, no, that's a you know that's kind of how your conversations on the res go, and so I'm like, okay. Um, so I knew about homework and equity, and I. I had dealt with it in uh, the Moapa Band of Paiutes where the kids had really old computers. They weren't very well connected, um, you know, and they're only 45 minutes from a large city. So you're looking at where we're from, uh, where I grew up, no cities around, you know, so there's still tall antennas and a lot of, lot of disconnects. So I kept pushing for it. Um, and then when I called up the uh, CEO, uh, Mariel Triggs, and um, who's a wonderful lady, and I uh, started to ask her a hundred questions, which she answered, which I was grateful for because you know she didn't really have to. Was a lot of time I was taken on her plate, and but she um, she was really gracious. So I hung up. I did more research, sent it sent it off to everybody I could think of because that's kind of what I've done in my. Um, I learned in how to uh, kind of connect to people in Indian education. So I just followed that same system and I started connecting uh, people with this. I started adding her into the emails and then she called me up and said, Hey, you know, would you like to, would you like to work for me? Um, I think what she saw me doing was, you know, how fast I was working at connecting her to people. And um, we talked a little bit and I decided to take that, um, you know, especially because I became a widow in 2016 and, uh, you know, it was a long path to get to a place where I felt like I could enter, re-enter into the world, and it was just great timing for me, um, for my interests, for everything that my, you know, my my born heart of advocacy. I always tell people because I seem to have been born an advocate, and and I wonder um, where you got that from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> right. Right. So uh, what yeah. what I would like you to do is explain to them uh, the program. I mean, what what are you talking about with the tribe? So the FCC opened up what they call the 2.5 uh, tribal window, uh, tribal priority window, sorry. The 2.5 gigahertz tribal priority window. And what that is, is it's, um, we, we used to refer to it as the educational uh, broadcast spectrum. And so you had to be an educational system to um, get this licensure. FCC has, com- has decided to commercialize it. So what they're doing is they open up to qualified rural tribes to um, get this licensure for free at no cost, which is um, really interesting that... Um, they did that because the spectrum auctions typically garner billions of dollars. Oh, wow. So um, on the large end was $40 billion, and on the smaller end, I've seen $4 billion. So it's, you know, it's valuable. And uh, in doing this, um, there's an application process. So I began, I started out with MuralNet doing outreach, um, being an outreach strategist. And so I would do a lot of that. Uh, I would do outreach and application assistance and, you know, helping them to connect to get this done. And what I, uh, what we decided was we saw that there was a need for complete focus on the applications. 
And so MuralNet, um, I kind of spun off from MuralNet, and they became a partnership along with another group called MICA Group. And as partnerships, they've um, funded to ensure that I can continue to do this work at no cost to the tribes. So my my company is now called Tribal 25, Tribal 25, and we focus completely on the application process. So we assist them through whether it's a walkthrough and uh, they want to do the, the actual hitting of the button, whether they want us to um, work with them and get it submitted in another fashion by authorization or however, however, however they see it. And when I work with usually one or two people and um, it's an intake form through my website and then we, we do all the work, we review and they get, they do all the idea, you know, whatever they need to do, whether it's resolutions on their side. So we kind of take that away so they can focus on this other part and then we bring it all together to get submitted. It sounds complicated and, and it sounds like, <laughs> like it's something that they would need help with because it's out of their learning scope, you know? And yeah, it's new. Yeah, it's very new. And and that's one of the that's one of the things. This is uh, something that's never been done. The FCC's never never offered this, and um, according to what they've said, is they'll never offer it again. This oh. is a once in a lifetime. And and the clock is ticking on this. Yeah. Uh, okay. Just um, can you explain to me? And and I'm thinking I know, but I I want it explained. Say they get this, then what advantage do they have? What can happen with this? So it gives the tribes opportunity to create infrastructure that they currently don't have um, that can service community, service their entire community. So they can choose to create themselves and become their own Internet um, service provider, what they call it, referred to as ISP. Uh, they can create internet within the tribal areas so that, you know, they're protected. They can use it for cell phone service, um, you know, getting people connected so that they have hotspot availability. I mean, there's they can lease it. Um, there's a two to five year build out plan that's expected when they um, acknowledge when they apply for this licensure, and in that two to five year build out plan, the first two years is 50 percent of their population which has so far been pretty easily met. And then the five-year is an 80%, which some tribes have already met their 80% uh, in their um, either demonstration deployments or emergency deployments that were offered during COVID. And so it's, I mean, it's point-to-point. It's wireless. It, you know, that some tribes say, well, we're bringing in fiber, but, you know, there's the opportunity to have service today and then work on those long-term plans. Some tribes refer to it as quilting. Um, I mean, there's, there's, it's, it's valuable. So it's, it's a, it's just a great opportunity. And there's, um, you know, MuralNet has partnerships that will assist with um, helping them to do their different, whether it's their feasibility plan. I think she has some geo surveyors and, you know, uh, the technical side. I kind of push back to them. Sure. Um, because she's an engineer. So I do, I do know a little bit, but, uh, you know, that's not my expertise. But I do push it. You know, I do uh, try to connect tribes who are looking for help. And the idea between behind um, MuralNet and Tribal 25 and 
um, MICA group is to uh, was to help these tribes create that long-term infrastructure and get the connectivity. And I think that's um, been the mission all along, you know, to especially small tribes, like those really small tribes that kind of get forgotten, um, you know, where, you know, maybe they have uh, a very small number of people, 56 to less than 100 or more, maybe a few more, mm-hmm. Um trying to get those tribes connected, trying to get those tribes to come in and, you know, cause that they're less likely to apply than the larger tribes. Well, and, and right now, you know, with COVID still lurking about, you know, um, for even safety, I mean, for the internet to be out there, I, we, we just don't know how things are going to develop you know, oh, yeah. the schools and stuff. And, and it's certainly beneficial for everybody. So can you tell me if, if somebody's listening to this and would like to um, have a contact, how, who would they get a hold of and how would they do it? They can, they can go to tribal25.com uh, and we have um, a website and, they can connect, contact us through there. They can also start their intake application um, to get started, and we would give them a call and go through it and then start to assist them in the application. We also have Facebook, uh, Tribal 25 Facebook, that they can get on and they can um, look through. And then I also um, connect to uh, MuralNet often. They have a Facebook as well, so they can get in, uh, in, information there. There's also there's also been um, a lot of um, talk about uh, creating a long longer term. So I know there's it was a very short um, what do I say uh, 30 day extension. So hopefully we're hoping to see more because there are so many tribes out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'd like to see them get connected to either Tribal 25 um, or MuralNet or Mica Group if they um, you know just to, just so that we can help a system. I think it's really, really important. Well, I do too. I think hopefully they will ex- extend it. Is it one of these things where the if they start the application process, they're kind of in, or do, do they have to get everything all finished right away? It's because the date's September 2nd. They We do have to have the application in before then. I have not heard of another extension coming. I know people are are still uh, working towards it, but um, right now, um, as looking at uh, our processes, we are looking at September 20, uh, September second as the due date, and they would have to have all their items in. Um, you know, one of the one of the items that I I think is uh, what is happening is that um, all of Alaska is claimable, so Alaska kind kind of seemed to have a, a large push for outreach late in the game. So it would be really, really important for them. Um, there's also opportunities for the lower 48 tribes to do waivers. But with the time frame being so short, it's kind of created a, you know, a, an obstacle for them to do so. So I think extending the time would be great. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is there anything else you want to tell them about? Well, you mentioned you mentioned about the um, the kids and the homework, and I think that's kind of where my my interest highlight always with uh, 
with the kids, you know, having my own kids and seeing what it takes. I think the the fact that the internet connections are very limited on reservations, and this this is why this makes this so important. Is uh, I heard I had somebody tell me that they had received um, a, a donation of hotspots uh, co- uh, connections, their little devices, so that the kids could do their schooling. But what they don't know, what you know, it's wonderful to receive these donations. What they don't realize is there's nothing to connect to. On our reservations, sure. Um, there's there's no there's no points of access for them to connect those hotspots to. So they've basically become uh, useless. And I think that's what's missing in the convert, like the understanding of really what happens on uh, rural tribal lands, is uh, that you know it's an it's it's now a need. It's not necessarily a luxury. Right. In order to participate in this world, you have to have connection. In order to be part of the global economy, you have to have connection. Um, you know, e-commerce is huge, and our people don't have that ability to access and, uh, you know, participate in selling their own wares, let alone uh, order. Um, we still see food disparities, um, and yet people are, you know, accessing it online. So I think that's where a lot of this conversation gets missed is really how this is a hardship on the rural lands and we need to, um, we need to get them connected. So this is a very, very important uh, piece of that puzzle. And I, I'm, you know, I, I hope, I, I hope that we can get the 511 tribes in there. Um, but even if we can at least, you know, get a good portion, that would be, that would be satisfying. Well, and anything for our kids and our future. Yes. Anything, anything would help. You know, and and I'm so glad that you've um, taken the time to visit with us on Lakota Link, and really, I'm happy to meet you. and And I'd like to attribute a Lakota value to to whoever I'm talking to. And I I guess to me, you would have the Lakota value of perseverance that you've. It sounds like you self-educate yourself and like to learn and do a lot of digging. And I I think that's important. I, I always think to myself that people can tell you anything, but if you don't know yourself truly, you know, that's the best way to find out, to dig and understand the information. And so, Petra, thank you so very much for being with us on Lakota Link. And hopefully down the road, maybe we can visit again and you can tell us some good stories about how you was able to make connections with the tribes and uh, the end results of it. So thank you. Well, thank you for for, uh, having me on. I appreciate it. Okay. Goodbye. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed our segment. You know, I I enjoy visiting with the people. And if you did, go to sandyswallowgallery.com where you can find my artwork and find some history and some background. Please subscribe to it or if you have some comments, we would love to hear your opinion. This is a new adventure for us and I value your opinion. This song 
is written and sung by my good friend, Quincy Goodstar. Lakota Link is here to share Lakota values. God bless you on your journey. Wopila, thank you for joining us. Take care.